Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. Not all coffee has the best packaging in the world, would you agree? When you go into a supermarket and you're looking at all the different options, whether you use grounds or K-cups or whatever that may look like, or whole bean and you grind your own at home, some of the packages are just really off-putting. One of it in particular for me is Dunkin's. And first of all, I just don't like the color orange. It just doesn't appeal to me. Never have, never will. And I've always kind of orange, kind of weird, bright, funky. Plus it's Dunkin', right? They've got a certain... I don't know, a little bit of a stigma. I know America runs on it, as a good advertiser would tell you. And a lot of people right now are like, what is wrong with you? Because they're on every corner, it seems like, in Florida. And I do like some things from Dunkin'. I do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge fan of their bagels. And I'm just not a big donut person. So I have to like really be in the mood to like a donut. But anyway, this is called Leader Sips, not Leader Donuts. So when I... When I drink their coffee, though, they do have really good coffee. Their flavored coffee, for me, is my favorite. And so I did recently buy some of their K-Cups, and I enjoy their hazelnut and their cinnamania. And again, packaging horrible, but the coffee is pretty good. It, you know, this is just a, a funny kind of way to lead into what I wanted to chat about this week, and that's uh, the packaging of us, if you will. So what people wear, um, how do you dress, what do you look like, and... I remember, you know, all of our parents probably at some point or another in our lives said, don't judge a book by its cover. Um, Beauty is, you know, on the inside, not the outside and all these different cliches. And so I started because as people are starting to return to office environments, whether that's full time or hybrid, meaning working some remote and some in an office. I, I know that a lot of people I know have been talking about like, oh my gosh, what do I wear now going back? What does this look like um, for us? Because during this time of pandem- pandemic, and I've worked from home now for almost two years, it'll be two years in March. Um, and I think we've all gotten a little more casual, right? Because naturally we're at home. So it feels a little more odd or awkward to try to put on a business suit or put on a nice blouse and go full head of hair and makeup um, and jewelry and all the things. Um, but some people still did. And frankly, I wasn't even one of those people who did that pre-pandemic in an office. I I welcomed, welcomed when my, my um, organization finally went to jeans anytime. And oh, I pushed that envelope happily wearing Converse on a regular basis in my last couple of jobs. And, um, and t-shirts, but nice t-shirts, you know, fairly nice. Um, I've never been a fan of dressier work environment suits and business suits. And I haven't owned a pair of nylon since I don't know when. And I is, and again, I don't believe dresses and skirts are necessarily gender specific. I know there's lots of cultures out there where men wear, you know, daishikis and wear long type of, you know, outfits. I don't know why people get all weird about that because I just don't wear skirts or dresses very often at all. On a rare occasion to something nice, I might if I want to, but on a daily basis, no, I'm definitely a pants and capris kind of girl. 
Um, so it's interesting because when you see people who have been, and I still work with everyone on Zoom on a regular basis, everyone's kind of interpreted this, you know, at home thing a little differently. And some of it has just been flat out because, you know, a lot of parents with children are like, I have children at home and I'm trying to work. Ain't nobody got time to like change the shirt when my kids spit up on me. Or, you know, I'm not doing my hair because, you know, I'm trying to homeschool and do it. And I 100% get it and completely appreciate um, that it's been a little bit different for all of us. But now as people are getting ready to go sit physically in a building again, and if you've listened to my podcast, you know how I feel about, about working in buildings. I won't belabor that point on this one. But some groups are doing it, and that is what is happening. It's been interesting to hear some people saying they're actually kind of excited to, like, dress up again and um, actually want to, you know, like, feel like a, a fancy human again, I guess, and use it as an opportunity to wear their heels and wear their business suits and all that again. And I'm like, hey, you know what? You do you. And then others, myself included, are more like, you know, dress for the job you want. Well, I want my job to be in my pajamas and fuzzy slippers all day in a t-shirt. So should I just dress for that? Um, actually, I've always really hated that phrase. When people give advice to people for interviewing or having meet and greets, like dress for the job you want. Like, what in the heck does that even mean? If you really think about it, it's, and again, I, I can, okay, it means you want to impress, you want to look nice, you want to dress in the culture or the hierarchy of what you're trying to accomplish to be or aspire to be. And then for that, I say, well, shame on those people, that culture and that hierarchy for putting so much freaking emphasis on what you wear and what you look like. I just think it's super, super shallow. I don't think it, and, and I'm not sitting here getting on my high horse. You know, I'll be the first to admit this has been a long journey for me. I very much grew up in a household with my mom and my grandmother influencing me quite a bit and that all things proper. You know, you go to someone's wedding, you dress properly, you wear, look nice, you put on your, you know, your Sunday vest. Um, luckily, majority of the churches I went to growing up were more Christian contemporary non-denominational. So I got away with, you know, sh shorts and flip-flops and that sort of thing. But not when I was really little, my mother would make me wear a dress, which is why I often, you know, fake sick on Sunday mornings a lot. I never wanted to. And then, oh, Easter Sunday, it was, oh, you got to wear the hat and you got to wear the little tights and the, and the whole dress thing. It's just like, oh, could it be more torturous for someone like me? And, but I find myself even as an adult having some of those carryovers too. Like my husband and I have this argument pretty much at any given time where it's like one of my service celebrations or, you know, some kind of event where it probably does warrant you know, men will typically wear suits or at least dress nicer or, you know, women will wear X, Y, and Z. And I find myself giving into it more easily than he does because he's like, that's stupid. Why should I have to be uncomfortable? Why should, why can't I just wear whatever I want to wear? And it's just funny because I, I battle that too in my own head. It's like, yeah, you should, that's it. That is right. So what causes that? What creates it? Who started that culture of, our, our societal norms of thinking that we have to dress and look a certain way in certain activities in our lives, whether it's, you know, weddings and funerals and fancy dinners with the boss or whether it's our work culture and our environment. I, so it did, it did cause me to kind of dig into some fashion history. 
uh, because I'm, I'm just fascinated. I want to learn about this. Like what happened to this suit? So like in the forties and fifties, men wore suits everywhere, right? Um, even to ball games, even to, you know, birthdays, to the movies. And I sit there and I think, gosh, how awful, <laughs> how uncomfortable, but, um, that's what they did. And then over the years, and I think, I was reading a lot about like just how fashion has changed and really a lot of it started when they were saying like James Dean with the rebel without a cause and the whole look of t-shirts and jeans and so rebels didn't wear the suits because the suits were what everyone else wore and then you saw that evolve in the 60s with the British invasion and what the Beatles were wearing more like jackets with turtlenecks and saw that evolve even further you know in the later in the 60s 70s and 80s and as as fashion just has evolved over time but then what's interesting is corporate culture on, on a parallel path really didn't change that much. This was more in our personal lives. Corporate culture, I would say even well through for at least some more traditional organizations or organizations that have been around a while, they were following the men wear a tie and, and women nylons and dresses and all that well through even the early 2000s. So this is not something that's even changed only up until really recent years. And I was even reading articles as recent as like 2019, right before pandemic, that were saying, you know, the suit might make a comeback. The suit's coming back and people want to, you know, get fancy in the workplace and, and dress more of that old school. But then on the flip side, you know, when Mark Zuckerberg was seen in front of Congress, there was all these kinds of articles and blogs talking about how he would never wear a suit to work or anything. It was always, you know, the sweaters and sweatshirts, hoodies and kind of guy. But he wore a suit in front of Congress and they were nicknaming it the I'm sorry suit. So it was actually becoming, the suit was actually becoming a symbol of the powerless, not the powerful. So the days of the power suit were sort of gone. So I just found this really fascinating how things have, have flipped. And then I would say even like it's flipped even more. Um, and I think especially in this time of, you know, working from home and just, you know, driving more cultures of inclusion is that people are all about self-expression in their wardrobes and self-expression in their, in the way that they dress. And you're starting to see people that are more open to it, more accepting of it, but it's still very uncomfortable. You still see a little bit of a culture clash going on. So I just, I find it interesting. And then some of the very, very old school companies, a lot of finance companies, frankly, who are, you know, still the the Don Drapers of the world, the sort of Mad Men era, starting to actually um, only like four and five years ago say that, okay, business casual is fine, which is still people are dressing up a little fancy, you know, but maybe not a tie. Um, and other others are nixing their suits, like Goldman Sachs nixed their suit finally later that same year and the year and the year later, but people got uncomfortable and they didn't feel like they could do that until they saw some of the top leaders in the company starting to actually walk the talk. It's like no one ever wants to be the first one to actually hit the pause button or do the different thing. I, for one, during this whole time of pandemic and working remotely, got rid of a lot of my suits and kept a few that I might need at some point, but they're just in there collecting dust. And I could not be more thrilled with the fact that, you know, a more casual dress and freedom of more self-expression, at least in my work environment, has been um, has has been encouraged. I just hope that it doesn't change when we go back to a physical environment or when people are physically together in an office setting that we go back to those kind of old habits because it's comfortable or maybe what they think is expected of them. I had somebody tell me recently she just started a new job 
and she felt that she had to, oh gosh, I have to do my hair and makeup and wear something nice. So they see me on Zoom as like, I'm more professional. And I was like, why? Why are you setting, for me, why are you setting the precedence now for your new group that you're working for? And uh, now they're going to say, oh, well, this is Mel and this is who she is. And when you know, in reality, when you're comfortable in three to six months, you're probably going to put the hoodie back on and maybe lose the makeup and throw your hair back in a ponytail. Why not just start that way and just say, this is who I am. This is how I dress. This is what makes why how I'm comfortable. I have to admit, like when I started the current job that I'm in about a year ago, I had the same pause like, oh, I guess I got to start wearing like nicer clothes again. I should put blouses on and wear makeup and put my best foot forward and give a good first impression. And I, I made a conscious effort to stop myself and go, hold on. That's like a first date mentality. I'm going to put on someone I'm really not because that's probably going to make you feel like, wow, they really did this for me. And then at some point you're going to see the real me. And that's not going to be this person that I'm giving you. And then we'll have to start this all over again in date six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It, it's it's pointless. Why not start from the get-go of being yourself from day one? And this is who I'm projecting you to be. I mean, they hired you. They know who you are. But why put on a front? Because you feel like that's what other people expect you to be. I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's not going to make you comfortable. It's not going to make you feel like your best self or your whole self or bringing yourself into the job or the environment or the people. So why put on that pretense because you feel other people expect that of you or you feel like that's a cultural norm? Well, how do you change norms? You change it. Starts with you. Let's get into some sips. All right. Sip number one. Eliminate that first date mentality when everyone's interviewing someone Anyone can dress for a part in an interview. I'd rather encourage people to just bring themselves to the interview. I want to see who you really are. And I want you to be really comfortable in the interview so I can find out more of who you are. We have to also evolve with the times. And we can't use our own generational or even institutional lenses when sizing someone up in an interview. When you bring those assumptions like that person's not wearing what I think they should. I don't think they look nice enough. What kind of judgments are you making? What if that person can't afford more than what they're wearing? Does that really mean what they're wearing is how they're going to get the job done? Does it mean what kind of worker they're actually going to be? Is it true that that's really what's going to help them take it seriously? It just, it doesn't seem right or fair to that other person. Let them be comfortable. Don't judge them and interview them and get to know who they are inside. It's more important anyway. Tip number two, stop judging a book by its cover. Yeah, I totally cliched you right there, but it's true. Focus on the inside. Isn't that what counts? I mean, truly. You've ever seen those, like I said earlier, you've seen those photos of billionaires dressed like, you know, which you would maybe consider a homeless person. Or, you know, a lot of times people can't afford, you know, to dress differently. But also, does that really mean something? I mean, and I got to be honest, like, this is something hard for me too, when you see somebody who has tattoos or you see somebody who has their face multiple times pierced, there is definitely a certain judgment that comes into our heads that we are taught to think. But is that really fair to that other person once you get to know them? I mean, I we had a pastor that married us that had both of his ears pierced. 
didn't mean that he was any less of an amazing pastor or a person of God. I mean, there's, you know, just because he doesn't fit that, you know, archaic kind of image of a guy in a suit and, you know, dressed up and primmed to the nines, it doesn't mean that he has less of a heart for what he does. So we need to really get out of those judgmental mentalities for sure. And then final sip, stop trying to dress to impress because it's not you and it's going to feel fake. It's going to look fake. And if you're still working from home, that's great. If you want to, you know, dress from your head, head shot up like all perfect, but we know you're not wearing high heels under that desk. We know you're not wearing, you know, any kind of fancy pants under your desk. So sometimes to me, when I see people do that, I'm like, what are you trying to prove? Like, I don't, Again, that's me also judging, right? But hey, if that's comfortable for you and that's what you want to do, then do it. But then don't don't judge others that don't feel like they need to. Be comfortable in whatever you want to wear. Be who you are. And that is truly what matters. And then accept others for what they feel comfortable in and who they are as expressed in their outward appearance. All right, I usually only do three sips, but I'm going to do a bonus sip this week. And get on my soapbox a little bit about this. There is no such thing as dressing for your type of role. Now, what do I mean by that? I've heard it so many times for so many years when, that people who are in quote-unquote creative roles should be allowed to wear whatever they want, freedom of expression. They can sport their tattoos, their piercings, their purple hair, their jeans and tennis shoes and, and holy shirts and whatever. And I just think it is a lousy cop-out. I think it's ridiculous. I've never heard of such a thing. First of all, every job is creative. Even a finance job is creative. A legal job is creative. Everyone is creative. All creativity and being creative means is finding a different way to do something. That's it. And what you wear in that job does not make you feel any more expressive in that particular role than it would if you were in a finance role or a legal role or office job, an HR job, a marketing comms job, whatever. All of them should be able to wear all anything they want. I think that is such a ridiculous notion. So there is no costume, if you will, for job type. Now, the exception I will say is if you do work in a themed environment or you're an actor or, you know, again, those that's different because you are being hired to play a role. You're being hired to play a part. And that is completely different, right? So if I was hired to play, you know, somebody from the 1860s, well, obviously purple hair was not a thing. So and piercings and all that stuff for women were not a thing. You do need to dress a part when you're being hired to play a certain part, a certain time period, a certain role. But I'm talking about just your average everyday kind of office environments and that whole notion of, well, that's the creative group and that's what they do. It's ridiculous. So that is my bonus tip for all of you today. So here's the fun part. As you think about returning to an office environment or just maybe you're already in the environment you're going to be working in here forward or even going to church or to your kid's school or any other activities or, or school yourself in, in your life and environment, whoever you want to portray and however you want to express who you are through what you wear should be entirely up to you. And if you are returning to an office environment and you haven't been there in some time, what a fun opportunity to take a step back and and not 
go backwards into maybe what you looked like or what you felt comfortable in your culture two years ago, maybe this is a really cool opportunity to be like, yeah, what, what impression do I want to make now going forward with what I wear and who I am and how I want to express myself in that environment? And that, my friends, should be you leading the way. Because as leaders, when people will start to look to you for the tone to set in those environments, it's going to be so important for you to walk the talk for that and encourage the people in your team and peers and everyone around you to set, set a certain tone. And what better tone could that be than for people just to be themselves? And that also means not worrying about what other people do or don't do. And I will never forget a long time ago, somebody called me to basically rat out that someone on my team was wearing red tennis shoes and something that at the time was maybe not a quote-unquote acceptable look in our office environment. And my reaction was, who cares? Well, the team's bothered because they're not following the rules. Well, mind your own business. It's none of their business. Why does it bother you? Is that preventing you? Is what somebody else wearing preventing you from getting your job done? No. So people, grow up. Don't worry about what others do and don't do. Focus on you and focus on the people around you. Set the tone for being comfortable in your own skin, in your own clothes, and in who you are and whatever form that means. And again, don't worry about what other people do because we're leaders and people lead and lead themselves first and foremost. And you lead and set the tone for others around you. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.